0: We'll <laughs>
1: Welcome back to the second hour of Gesundheit with Jacobus. Here again is your host, Jacobus Holloway. And thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. We are discussing sex, intimacy, erotic desire, sensuality especially as it is focused on long-term relationships. In order to do that, we have Dana Mikkel with us, a licensed clinical professional counselor who is in private practice in Bozeman. He has an office on Ellis Street, and his telephone number is 587 8775, 587-8775. 8775, 587-8775. 5, 8, 7, 8, 7, 7, uh, that is 406 for those of you listening outside this area, 406 area code. Uh, he has, uh, he has over 15 years extensive experience working with adolescents and families, and he also works with adults and couples. He has nearly completed, completed his psychoanalytic certification, and uh, more recently, Dana has started to direct more interest towards the dynamics of intimacy and desire in relationships and uh, Dana, it's it's very nice for you to be with me to this today it's a great topic
0: thank you Jacobus.
1: it's a it's a loaded topic I would say it's uh, there's so much going on because really it affects all of us uh, there are, as we mentioned in the first hour there is the innate uh, instinctive behavior that we have towards uh, other people uh, often the opposite sex I would say uh, we talked about heterosexuality and the comfort zone um, but the 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 uh, there is this craving we have our moments our impulses of uh, sensuality and and sexual desire and i thought maybe that is a uh, it, it would be great to start this second hour to talk more about the difference in conflict
0: between uh, what intimacy is and what desire is and- um just one thing this response to what you just said um i would just like to add to what you said that whether uh, a couple a relationship is heterosexual or or homosexual or, or whatever um, and there's certainly a, a, a wide range of possibilities here that these human experiences are universal mm-hmm. um, you know uh, counseling um, same-sex couples uh, one encounters the same sort of difficulties and challenges as in heterosexual couples yeah so what we're really talking about yes is something that's universal mm-hmm. Um uh, and is a really important part of the human experience, as we mentioned earlier yeah um, yeah, I would like to take a minute and talk a little bit uh, about intimacy and desire and how uh, they may not be um, as compatible as people think um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that uh, it's a useful way to look at relationships um, intimacy. Um, Intimacy is the idea of getting to know someone very well. You know, you get to know uh, your partner extremely well. They become familiar. Um, uh, very often with intimacy, people will talk about safety, uh, that they get to a point where they feel safe for the other person. We talk about being close, um, that we know the other person. We feel that we know them. right. That's uh, that's true. Although yeah. I, I think it's important to understand that we can never really know another person. Mm-hmm. But we feel that we know them. And very often, um, intimacy, in order to become really close and intimate, uh, requires some security. Mm-hmm. All of these different aspects of intimacy can be toxic to desire. Um, mm-hmm. Esther, Esther Perel in her great book, Mating in Captivity, talks about how desire at times runs into conflict with intimacy, because Mm. desire requires um, creating an erotic space between the two members in the relationship, if you will, a space between, um, that they can come into to engage one another. Um, In other words, two individual souls... Can come together and encounter each other. This requires, this requires a separateness.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: If two souls are going to come together into an erotic space, there has to be a separateness that they come from. Hmm. Intimacy, if you will, um, is actually out to break down that separateness and to make we become a couple, I see. rather than individuals. I see. But in order to maintain desire in an erotic space in a couple, there is a separateness that is required in order to create an erotic space. Huh? So, what we what we find is that the, the needs for intimacy and the needs for desire can be in conflict. Um, intimacy wants closeness, but eroticism it needs space. Hmm. Uh, intimacy... Can be about dependency, where erotic space is about being independent. Um, just a, you know, to a certain extent, um, we're talking about how do we want what we have, and this is how Esther Perel puts it: that um, you know, in a relationship, a committed relationship where we have our partner and we're working on this relationship, how do we maintain a desire for what we have? Um, and as I mentioned earlier, I think that um, it's inevitable that desire will fade. It's inevitable that intimacy will run into gridlocks and conflicts and whatnot. Yeah. And um, that doesn't define a failing relationship. That defines a very healthy relationship. The question becomes, how does the relationship, how do the individuals in the relationship negotiate, manage these, these difficulties, uh, these, these impasses? So, but difficulty
1: doesn't always have to be a negative thing. It just means a a separate identity. Is that uh, would you a
0: separate uh, feeling within the relationship? Well, actually, David Schnarch in his book uh, *Intimacy and Desire* talks about how when we get into these these stalemates, he calls them gridlocks in intimacy, and he he calls it boredom in the sexual life. Uh He talks about this as being a very natural process. That this is a process in a healthy relationship, and that. And the, the beauty of it, as he points out, is that it, it, in order to grow, it brings out the best in us. That, hmm. if you will, that relationships are like this crucible where we get into these crises, we get into these moments where we either work through them or we don't. And, and in order to get through them, uh, we need to really bring out the best in us. Um, if we're not able to, if we fall into old patterns of conflict and destructiveness, Um You know, these things aren't negotiated, the relationship stops growing, and that's where we get this, you know, high divorce rate in our country. Interesting. Uh Um, So, but how do we do this? Um, Is it a question of not being able to really communicate about these kind of things? Well, communication is certainly an aspect about it, but to me it's really more about, and this is a term I I use in my practice a lot, um, I think what we're talking about here is the process of growing up. Now, very often when we think about growing up, we think about children. Our children are growing up, they're getting through kindergarten, they're getting through first grade. Mm -hmm. But I would like to suggest that um, in terms of the human experience, we never stop being um, confronted with the need to grow up. Um, You know, I think of an example of uh, my dad. My dad's 85 years old and is very dedicated to living a very long life. Yeah. But in his speech and in his talk about his age i often find um if you will uh, a denial of his mortality you know in in and almost a denial of the fact that he's not going to live forever and so i often wonder um gee you know is he is he able to engage his mortality is this something that this challenge that he can take on and i bring up that example just to point out that we never stop having the demand put on us to grow up. Every stage in our life requires us to take on new challenges and to do different things. I see. And so we are mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. Uh, in need of growing up, mm-hmm. of developing as human beings. Um, and so, yeah, communication is certainly a part of it. How we communicate is critically important, but really the, the whole process of maintaining a healthy relationship where intimacy mm-hmm. continues and desire continues, it really is uh a challenge to, to grow up to become bigger people, to bring out the best in us so that we can be creative in our lives and not destructive.
1: Hmm. Wow. That's uh, very well put. This is very good. I like this. I mean it's only need when you have the professional like yourself the professional explanation about words and, and like you said the conflict the conflict between the words all of a sudden it, it, it just listening to you would really enriches me. I, I think it's very, very interesting. The, um, because automatically we're thinking about relationships that we're in ourselves with other people.
0: Well, that's just it. This is universal. It is. We're not talking to something objective over there that, you know, we can observe. We are talking about that, but we're also talking about our own experience. Yeah. You know, in our, in our own lives and, and, you know, really important things in our own lives. Yeah. Um, So, if the erotic space requires separateness. It, it requires two separate, self-sustaining, um, healthy individuals to come into this erotic space. You know, what does that mean? Uh, you know, what? Wh- how would we describe that? Well, again, referring back to David Snarch in his book, he, he talks about um, the difference between an internal sense of self and a reflected sense of self a reflected sense of self is, is, is that's what we get from others uh we get feedback about you know who we are how we're doing you know what's going on in our lives we get lots of feedback people think certain ways about us and this this is our reflected sense of self how we think about ourselves how we engage ourselves you know we we have an internal relationship with ourselves we have an internal dialogue with ourselves all the time so what's the nature of our relationship to ourselves? What is our internal sense of self? I mean, sometimes uh, words like self-esteem and self-worth are, are, are overused, and yet we are talking about that kind of thing now. So, you know, how strong is the internal self? Um, when a self is dependent on reflected self-worth, then we're, we're, we're in a dependent, needy position to our partner. Hmm. Um, so in order to enter into a, a healthy, sustainable, erotic space, we need to bring a, a healthy individual soul to that. Right, And so we need a good internal sense of self that is not just dependent on a reflected sense of self. Um, and, and, and having a strong sense of internal self, it, it makes autonomy possible, it makes choice possible, it makes self-determination possible, and it makes meaningful relationships possible. We need yeah. to be able to self-validate not just get validation from others when Mm -hmm. we're getting it from others if you will when we're relying on on others for validation we're borrowing it you know and if we're if we're borrowing it we cannot bring it to the relationship Mm -hmm. um we're borrowing the function of somebody else um another term that uh he uses in his book um and he uses it in a particular way, is, is differentiation, which he defines as the ability to keep emotional balance while interacting in important relationships. We've all had the experience of being in a conflict with a partner or whatnot and just being, you know, something gets said that just, you know, hurts or throws us off or, or, or we lose it and we get upset, you know, we, yeah. get, we get angry. Yeah. And what he's talking about is, you know, in the heat of that moment, being able to keep an equilibrium. Um, and not overreact that you can hold on to yourself while your partner is pressuring you. Um, he goes on to, you know, you can regulate your anxiety. You can be non-reactive. You can tolerate discomfort so that you can work through these difficult times. That's when you're differentiated from the other, when you're not differentiated from the other, you will struggle to do this. You will struggle to, to manage conflicts. Um, so just a couple of terms that he uses to describe how um, how separateness is developed. Um, one of my favorite books um, is by Shel Silverstein. It's called The Missing Piece Meets the Big O. And, um, it, the it's Missing Piece the is missing, the Big O? The Missing Piece Meets the Big <laughs> O. And the concept he's playing with is the missing piece is, is in the book, it's a circle with a little small pie pie shaped piece missing from the circle Mm -hmm. and uh the missing piece is going through life looking for its missing piece and the idea is that you know when the when when this circle finds the missing piece and it fits in then it will be whole and you know it's it's very humorous how the efforts are made to find the, the missing piece and fit it in there but it never quite works out um but when the missing piece meets the big o the big o says well you don't you don't need a missing piece. You have everything that you need. Correct. You just need to get going. Right. You just need, to, and so the missing piece gets going, and it's as it rolls, it kind of thumps, but then the hard edges get rounded out, and eventually it becomes a full circle, and it can roll on its own. I see. And and so the relationship takes on the form of two complete circles rolling along next to each other. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the beginning, the circle with the missing piece was looking for its missing piece. Mm-hmm. so when we talk about an internal sense of self versus a reflected sense of self mm-hmm. that reflected sense of self is like the missing piece the person looking for the missing piece and they're getting it from others whereas an internal with an internal sense of self the person can roll on their own and then you have this uh, this metaphor for a healthy relationship of two complete circles rolling next to each other together yeah. and yet uh they are maintained as, as separate individuals who come together in this space between them.
1: I see. Yeah, yeah.
0: Hmm. So, yeah, well, so the idea that I encounter when I when I do my research and study this subject, and it comes up in different languages and different places, is this idea that we need a strong sense of self, we need uh, a sense of separateness. We need our own identity and our own life. Correct. Um, to, to be able to enter into an erotic space with another. That if we are fused in a relationship, if we are overly close, uh, intimacy can, can smother desire. Uh, the closest can become you know, so overwhelming in a sense um, that there isn't any mystery or any unfamiliar left. Yeah. And that can make the place of desire very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, just this idea that intimacy and desire can be in conflict.
1: And yeah, I think that's that's very powerful. I also think that it, it goes back to, uh, how we were raised. I mean, doesn't that, uh, doesn't have a lot to do with it? I'm thinking all of a sudden why uh, there are, there is separateness. There are two individuals coming together that grow together. You wanted to, wanted to grow together in, in different aspects of life, getting to know each other, getting to know themselves, getting closer with each other, keeping their individuality within the relationship. And therefore, being able to uh, to express, but at the same time to accept. Uh, so you have individuals that uh, that get together in a long term relationship. But I think a lot of it has to do with uh, let, let's see how do I say that? Sometimes I wonder one of the reasons why people break up as much as they do is because we have we have been able to um, to overcome distance we can we can instead of growing up in a village and getting and starting a relationship with somebody from that village and having the same cultural background and 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 knowing the same people in the neighborhood and kind of grow starting to grow together uh, right now you could meet people from complete different cultures or different parts of uh, the country with a different upbringing um, different religious background, uh, uh, of cultural background in many ways, and, and all of a sudden these people come together. And there may be indeed that attraction, the separateness that creates a certain erotic desire, so to say, but the intimacy it's is difficult to grow into because of the separateness that these people have from
0: their own background,
1: which is really fundamental in the way that they act on a daily basis.
0: I like what you said. It- it sounds like you're you're going forward with a further uh, definition of the difference between intimacy yeah. and erotic desire, that, yeah, the, the separateness and the unfamiliarity might cause a strong attraction. Yeah. Uh, and yet, at the same time, in terms of putting a family together, creating a family culture in that, of, of intimacy, of closeness, yeah those different cultures coming together might be very difficult
1: maybe very difficult and that's uh, you know that could be good i mean sometimes uh, we, we look at commercials like eharmony.com and uh, they uh, from the commercial i look at it looks like people come from different backgrounds but they fill out this profile on the internet and somehow they find somebody, of course not somehow, but they do find somebody who is compatible with them. And because there are so many questions that have to be answered if people are indeed compatible, so that the startup of the relationship, there is already a good base to start with. Uh, whereas so many people meet each other on the fly, so to say, and there is this, I like the way you mentioned in the first hour about the observation part, uh, you have this scanning of the individual. Do I see any flaws? Uh, do I hear anything in the voice? Do I see something in in their behavior that offends me? No? Okay, well, then I'm going to proceed to step two. And that is how people sometimes uh, get together, start to get together because they see each other and there is this look from across the room and there is already this connection. Um, um <laughs> I mean, there is actually there are so many things that come up in this whole topic. Uh, things that come to my mind as you're talking about, the things that I hear you say that are that are so well said. I I like the way you are expressing the uh, the whole topic and how you how you look at it professionally. It's it's uh, for me it just sparks come up in my mind that I go like, oh, I heard, uh, yeah, I know that one. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. I seen that on TV. Oh, I know my sister has been dealing with this, and so it is. It's it's so. There is a a common red line, but at the same time, there are so many differences within a relationship, within a family, within a family dynamics uh, uh, that come up in my thoughts as I'm listening to this
0: topic. Well, when you mentioned eHarmony, I thought that, um, not to criticize eHarmony or any of those um, sites, but... You know that the image that they present initially, you know, is is the fantasy that we all have that yes. we'll meet this person that's our match and whatnot. What we're talking about today is, is if you will, the reality of being in a relationship and and the difficulties that will be encountered. Yes, um, almost on a guaranteed basis. All right. Well, that, well, that the real thing is quite different. Than it, the it is.
1: That's right. Of course, that's part of a commercial Well, we're going to have to go to a little commercial right now Uh, Folks, you all listen to Gesundheit with Jacobus My guest Dana Mikkel Licensed Clinical Professional Counsel Talking about intimacy and sex and relationships We'll be right back